0: Right, so this is our thirteenth week going through a series on what it means to be people with a purpose, and what we've been looking at is that this world, Peter says in his letter, is not our ultimate home. This world's not our ultimate home. We're we're passing through that if you're a Christian that you belong to God. And so one day this world won't be where you ultimately reside. And we've been talking about what does it mean to live as people with a purpose while we're here? What, What does that look like? What does that mean in all the different areas that we have in life? And because this world is not our ultimate home, what that means is that There's going to be a lot of things in life that are uncomfortable. There's going to be a lot of things that we don't have ultimate satisfaction in. There's going to be a lot of things, and this is what we talk about tonight, there's going to be a lot of things that we're anxious about, a lot of things that we're scared about, a lot of things that we get anxious about. And so really that's the question that I want you to think about, even even right now, is what are you anxious about? So if you came in here feeling nice and peaceful, we're going to talk about anxiety. So I want you to think about what makes you anxious. And sometimes people look at the word anxious, and that's kind of a big, scary word, and maybe you think of extreme things, but, but really what that means is just what, what burdens you, what weighs on you, what concerns you, what do you get afraid of? Maybe, maybe it's what can't you stop thinking about, or conversely, depending on the kind of person you are, maybe it's what you try not to think about at all that you push out of your mind. So maybe it's the things that you always think about that you, man, what if this happens and how does that go? Or maybe it's the things that you don't think about at all because you push them aside consciously. What are you anxious about? It might be a certain person in your life. It might be certain situations in your life. It might be money. You, man, my finances, do I have enough money? Do I have too much money? What do I do with all the money I have? If that's a problem, you can talk with me. Um, if may, maybe, it's, uh, may, maybe it's, what do people think of me? Maybe, man, do they like me? Do they not like me? Maybe it's your marriage. How's my marriage going? I want my good husband. Am I a bad husband? Am I a good wife? Am I a bad wife? How can I make my husband a better husband? How can I make my wife a better wife? Maybe you're anxious about being single. Will I ever get married and and have a husband to make a good husband or a wife to make a good wife? I mean, it can just be anything, right? We can be anxious about any single thing. People, places, circumstances, ourselves, how we're doing, how we're not doing. I mean, just can be anxious about anything. And here's the thing. It's really harmful. It's harmful. I mean, it can literally be harmful to you physically. It can be harmful to you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it's it's something harmful. And it's harmful not just to us, but to other people in our lives. And here's the bad thing about anxiety. It doesn't stay contained. Here's what anxiety does. Anxiety, it builds inside of you, and then it stirs and births other things. So just a couple examples. If you're anxious about money, it's not just that you're anxious about money. Do I have enough money? Do I not have enough money? What can then happen is anxiety starts to birth other things. So now because you're anxious, you're also maybe greedy. I'm not going to share this. I don't, I, because I'm anxious about money, now you become greedy. Maybe you even steal. Or let's say you're anxious about what do people think about you. Do people like me? What do they think I sound like, look like? Am I pretty enough, not pretty enough? Am I, am I cool enough? Do people think I'm too cool? Maybe you're anxious about what people think about you. And then so you start to be a little dishonest maybe start to deceive, maybe you're anxious about wanting to have friends, and so that leads you to actually then isolate, and then you're lonely and don't have friends. See, anxiety is something that we, we have within us, but it boils out into other things. It doesn't stay contained. It leads to other types of things that, that we don't want. We don't want in our life. It's, it's harmful, and it's something that we all battle with, right? Right? I mean, it's something that every I, I feel confident to say every single week, every single one of us, to some degree or another, experience anxiety. What, what is that for you? What makes you anxious? As I was studying this, I came across this little ditty here, and this makes me think about anxiety. This is what anxiety is like. This is what happens emotionally and mentally. This is what's going on in your heart, right? This is what's going on in your mind. Just kind of a perfect representation of, yeah, that's what anxiety feels like. So, what makes you feel like that? What are you anxious about? What are you, you're like, where do you study? You watch cartoons to study? Yeah, it's going to be a great sermon. So, my next example, Bugs Bunny, um, something we all deal with, right? It's something that we all battle with. And tonight, Peter's going to talk about this, and he's going to help us see why it is that we get anxious and how we get out of anxiety, how we can experience peace. And if anyone has anything to say about anxiety, Peter's somebody we should listen to because he was a pastor right as Christianity, right as the church was kind of getting started, and it wasn't well received. I mean, people often had to meet in homes, be, uh, and secretively. People were persecuting Christians. I mean, Peter talks about a lot of this stuff in his letter. People mistreat them. They were looked at poorly. So a lot of this, I mean, if, if anyone knows what it means to go through anxiety and how to have peace in the middle of it, Peter's someone that we should, we should listen to. So let's, let's read these couple verses, and then we will talk about anxiety. So here's what Peter says. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So this is what we're going to talk about. What are you anxious about? And, and really, I just want to make this concrete. I want to get as concrete as possible and really talk about what are you anxious about. So if you've got a phone or maybe you brought a laptop, go to this link here, bit.ly slash and enter in what you're anxious about. And we're going to put them up on the screen. It's anonymous. You're not going to put your name or your picture or something next to it. But we're, we're going to do this. And I want to put them up on the screen for a couple of reasons. One, just to show us, here's the kinds of things that we get anxious about. And secondly, so that you can see, oh, other people get anxious about the same things. It's not just me. I'm not just the crazy one. Or if you are crazy, at least other people are crazy with you. I mean, that, that's helpful to know. So go to this uh, bit.ly angst poll slash angst poll, and I'm just going to give you a minute to, to, you can put a couple in if you want, you can put one in if you want, but just go there, and I'm going to give you a second to do that. And then at the same time, I would also like you, sorry, I'm overloading you with things here, but I'd also like you, there's a little note card in front of you, there should be, or in the, the little seat back thing, if, if somebody is next to you, they can hand it down. There should be a note card and a pen, I want, and I want you to write down what right now are you really anxious about? What concerns you, burdens you, weighs on you? What do you keep thinking about? What are you afraid of? I mean, all those types of things. What, what is it in your heart that makes you look like that cat with the cigarettes and the, and the coffee? <clears throat> Just take a minute, fill that in. Guys, you can throw it up there if, it, if, it, uh, if it's ready to go. Can you scroll up uh, to the top for me? Where is that at the top? It says 25, but okay. So let's just kind of go through this and you guys can just kind of follow along with me. So money, friends, money, acceptance, rejection, money, money, future, love, work-related issues, acceptance, rejection, being single forever, money, work, my future, how others view me, finances, success, Money, money, money in the bank, does God really love me, success, lack of time, friendships, family issues, being single, wanting to get married, work, am I a good enough wife, career, relationships, people's approval, I'm afraid of dying, you can't read these ones so I can just make them up, relationships, money, finances, my job, maintaining long-distance friendships, my career, being a godly wife to my husband, future, if people respect, admire me, approve of me, dreams. Someone put my name in there, Caleb Davis. <laughs> so this is always the risk about doing this. There's some joker in the crowd. I hope a joker, or otherwise we can talk. But here's what we see. Here's what we see with this. It's all of life, right? I mean, this is all of life. This pretty much encompasses every single type of thing about life. You can put it back to the, the, the link on the screen. This encompasses pretty much all of life, every area, every time. I mean, you saw on there, man. I don't want to be single forever, and then, man, I my marriage, and am I a good enough wife? And can I? I mean, it's every single part of life. It's, I mean, man, I want kids, and oh, I have kids, and I'm anxious about how they're going to turn out, and oh, I want money, and oh, do I have enough? I mean, it's it's just everything. It's all of life, and no part of life is immune. No part of, we, we often have this illusion that what's going to happen is when we get, we're here and we're anxious, but if we get over here, then finally we won't be anxious anymore. So if I can get a spouse, I won't be anxious. If I can get a friend, I won't be anxious. But then it's, can I maintain my long distance friends? I mean, th- there's no part of life that is off limits and there's no place, time, season that you can get to where anxiety will be gone. It's just, it's, it's elusive. It's an illusion for us to think we can get to this certain point, "Ah," and then I won't be anxious anymore. So what that means is that we have to not focus on the objects of our anxiety, but the causes of our anxiety. See, we always focus on these things that make us anxious And if those can get settled, if all the places that said money, 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 money could actually translate into money, 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 then I won't be anxious anymore. But you don't think people that have a lot of money get anxious? When do you think enough is enough? There was actually a study recently that came out that showed that basic, I mean, this is just kind of common sense, but they put data behind it that every single layer says that the layer above them is that's when they would be satisfied. If I make 50, I'd be happy with 60. If I make 60, I'd be happy with 75. If I make 75, I'd be happy, finally, if I made 100,000. If I made 100,000, I'd finally be happy if it was 125. That's all I need, just 125. I mean, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. It never stops. Every part of life we can be anxious about. So that means we have to go. So why am I getting anxious? Not just the objects that I get anxious about. So why do we get anxious? That's, That's the question. Why is it that we are anxious? As a society, as individuals, why are we anxious? If we don't deal with the roots, then we'll never really be able to deal with our moments, our our, our times of anxiety. So why do we get anxious? And what Peter tells us is we get anxious because of pride. He says we get anxious because of pride. Now, that seems a little weird because if you've ever been anxious, you don't feel proud. You feel weak, right? If you've ever seen someone that's very anxious, maybe even going through a panic attack, they don't seem proud. They seem weak. So what is it? I mean, how can it be that anxiety is pride? Well, here's why. Because in anxiety, we are looking to ourselves we're trusting ourselves, we're counting on ourselves, we're relying on ourselves, we are turning towards ourselves to receive, to have what we most want and need in life. We get anxious because we are turning towards ourselves, counting on ourselves, looking to ourselves, relying on ourselves for what we most need and want in life. And really that that you kind of see two different components to that. You see that we trust ourselves to know what is best for us in life and we trust ourselves for the ability to get that. So both of these things, so let's talk about both of these things. First is that we trust ourselves to know what it is that's best for us in life. So you get anxious when you want something and that want starts to become, I need something. Something and that need starts to become, I love this thing. This is what I must have in my life. But maybe you won't get it. See, anxiety always shows you what it is you really love. What, whatever you're anxious about right down, right now, whatever you throw up on the screen, whatever you wrote down on your card, anxiety shows you what it is that you really love. I'm not saying necessarily that what you really love is money, for those of you that put that down but you love what money will provide for you maybe that's security or status maybe it's possessions so there's comfort maybe it's just a certain type of lifestyle a certain image that comes along with money anxiety always shows to us what it is that we most love and see we're looking to ourselves and believing i know what's best for me i know what's best for me and i want this thing I want this thing. I need this thing for satisfaction, for ultimate satisfaction, for ultimate worth or value to feel like you're somebody. It can be all of those types of things. What what are you looking to yourself to provide you with? See, we trust ourselves to say, I know what's best for me. And then secondly, we believe we have the ability to pull that off. So we look to ourselves, not just for I know what's best, but also I can get it. I can do it. This is, why, this, is, this is why when we're anxious about something, we're very controlling. We start to think about, okay, well, if this happens, then I'll do this. And if that happens, then I'll do this. Or if it's with people, okay, if I say this, how will they respond? If I say this, ooh, but if they respond badly, I mean, we're trying to control things in our anxiety because we believe we have the ability to bring about the outcomes that we want. See, anxiety is pride because we believe I know what's best for me and I have the ability to pull it off. But here's where the anxiety comes in. The anxiety comes in because we're actually unsure if that can happen. We're unsure. Do I know enough to make this happen? Am I good enough to pull this off? Do I actually have what it takes? Can I actually manage the situation? Can I actually get what I want out of this? Will I actually be able to make enough? Will I? See, anxiety is always because there's an unknown. We're trusting ourselves to know what's best for us and trusting our abilities to make it happen, but we're unsure that we can actually pull it off. We're unsure we can actually pull it off. Anxiety always has a layer of unknownness to it, which means this we should worry. If we're trusting in ourselves, if we're relying on ourselves, if we're counting on ourselves, we actually should worry. Because we don't know if we have what it takes to do all the different things on the list. We don't know the outcome of these things. I mean, all the different things, let me, let me just confirm your fears. We don't know if this will happen. Everything you threw up on the board, we don't know what's going to happen. We do not know. It's unstable, which is why we're anxious, because, well, I want to bring it about, and I really want it, and I think I can do it, but I'm not sure if I can. But we don't know. It's all unstable. It's, this is why the most common strategies to deal with anxiety are foolish. See, the most, and, and I, don't, I, I mean kind of just at what we tell each other. This is what we usually tell each other. We say one of two things. We either say, you can do it. Maybe you can't. Just have confidence. It might not work. Just telling someone that you can do it and that you can have confidence and just believe in yourself, that's garbage. Because if if you rely on that and it doesn't work, and that happens again and again, Then you just go into a downward spiral. Or the other thing we tell each other is just something less of you can do it and more just it's gonna work out. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything will be fine. Stop thinking about the worst that'll happen. Think about the good that will happen. The worst might happen. You might go bankrupt. I don't know. I'm not Oprah. I can't just tell you everything's gonna go great. That's how people make a lot of money. Just stand up and tell people everything will be fine. Oh, okay. No, it might suck. It might go horrible. I don't know. We don't know. And that's what makes us anxious. We don't know. But here's the reality just is that everything is unstable. Everything is unstable that we count on, that we rely on, that we put our hope in. If you look to yourself to say, I know what's best for me and it's this you might not get it. And if you say, well, I can trust myself, I can do it, you might not be able to do it. That's just the reality. Everything is unstable that we look to, and so we're anxious. So how do we get out of that? How do we experience peace? How do we get out of anxiety? How do we experience peace both in the moment when we're anxious? And maybe you're even more anxious now since I just told you. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh my goodness. I mean, how how do we experience peace? How do we get out of our anxiety? Both as an enduring life pattern to be a more peaceful person, but also in the particular moment when we're feeling anxious. How how do we experience peace? Because it's going to come. Anxiety is going to come. The things that you're anxious about are going to happen. No one is immune to it. No situation that you finally get to. You'll be free. How do we experience peace? And here's what Peter says. Peter says that we are to be humble. We're to be humble. That we are to be humble. Which this is what this means. When we're anxious, the tendency is to say... Everything would be okay if I had strength. Either if I if I was smart enough, if I was power, if I could control things the way I wanted to do, if I had enough strength, everything would be okay. And I'm not just talking physical strength. I'm just I'm talking about ability. If I could pull it off, if I could make people like me, if I could do a good enough job, if I could, if I could get people to see my opinion, if I could be respected, if I could be successful, if I could have enough money, if I could have enough friends. I was pretty enough, if I was strong enough, cool enough, smart enough, then if I had enough strength or if the circumstance itself had enough strength, things would be okay. But Peter says we need to have humility, which is that we embrace the weakness. Instead of denying that we don't have, instead of denying that we're weak, instead of denying that things might not work out, instead of being afraid of those things, instead of saying if there was just strength, we need to embrace weakness. We need to embrace need. That I actually need something. I'm actually weak. That's the beginning of humility. And what Peter says is we humble ourselves by casting our anxieties on God. And here's what that means. That language is that we're taking something and we're giving it over to God. So how do we do that? How do we cast our anxieties on him? You deal with it. How do do we do that? First, it just means we go to God. I mean, what you are anxious about, do you pray about? I mean, it's very often that we are anxious about things, that we are worried about things, that we're scared about things, and we don't talk with God about them. Why? Well, because we trust our abilities to handle them, right? And we're unsure our abilities will actually be able to pull it off, but, but we're still looking to ourselves. But casting our anxieties on God means we have to actually go to Him, to talk with Him, to speak with Him. And again, I'm talking about in the moment and as an enduring life pattern. The big So some of the things on here are kind of big, overarching things, and some are in the moment. What does this person think of me right now? Will they accept me, reject me right now? Do you talk with God? Or do you simply try to think it out in your mind, write it out, plan it out, cry, get angry, drink, watch TV, go on a run? I mean, all these different strategies we have to deal with anxiety, do we just do that or do we actually go to God and cast upon him? Part of casting is just going to God. Part of casting is then talking with him about these things, actually naming them, speaking them to him. And some of that's confession. Some of that's saying, "God, I am anxious because I love this thing in my life. It's become so important to me." So some of the talking to God is confession. "I care so much, God, about what people think about me. I care so much about my image. I care so so some of it's confession. Some of it is just asking I mean, we can pray to God. We can talk with God. We can ask him things. We can say, God, here's here's what I'm anxious about. I I don't think I've got enough money in the bank. Help me. Part of casting is going to God. Part of casting is just speaking and naming those things to God. And and part of casting, and here's the piece that that we don't do, is leaving it with God. So it's not just, God, let me show you this. Here's the things I'm anxious about. Here they are. Okay. Okay. And then I'm taking it over here back with me. It's leaving it with him. It's actually giving it to him. When we cast something, we go to God, we name the things, we pray the things, we confess the things, we ask the things. And then we say, here, have it. Have it. Which is the posture that says, not my will be done, but your will be done. It's a posture that is okay to want something. It's okay to say, hey, God, I feel like I need some money in the bank. God, I'd like to get married. God, I'd like to be a good spouse. They're They're not bad things, necessarily. Some of them can be bad things that we want, but they're things we want too much. They're things that begin to rule our hearts. Or they're things that we just hold on to and don't go to God and say, God, but your will be done. And drop it on his lap. God, your will be done. That's what... Casting means. God, I want to get this job. I want to get this job, God, but your will be done. God, I want to get that raise because I feel like I cannot provide for my family, but your will be done. That's the leaving piece, that we actually leave it with Him. We cast by going to God, by naming the things by leaving it and let me say this this doesn't mean that you don't act because let's just use the job example Uh, if if you are unemployed and you're looking for work casting your anxiety on god doesn't mean okay well i've casted it on him so netflix here i come that's not what it means you still are you're still supposed to be obedient you're still supposed to be active but you're leaving with him the concern You're not necessarily leaving with him the actions. You're leaving with him the concern. You're leaving with him the burden, the emotional weight, the anxiety. Not necessarily the actions that you should take. Does that make sense? Because sometimes people over-spiritualize things and like, oh, well, I'm just leaving it to God. I don't usually use cheesy pastor stories like this, but let me just tell you one that I heard a long time ago because it's always stuck with me and maybe it'll stick with you. That there's this guy, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to. There's this guy and... um, He's like lost at sea or something, okay? And he prays and he says, "God, help me, rescue me." And then a boat comes by, and the guy's like, "Hey, jump on! I'll help you." He's on like a little life raft thing, okay? So that's he's like the Tom Hanks kind of guy, right? Jump on! I'll help you. And he goes, "No, no, no. It's okay. God will provide." And then same thing happens. You know, another boat comes by. No, no, no. God will provide. And then eventually, I don't remember how the story ends, but eventually God is like, what are you doing, you dummy? I'm, I'm trying to give you a boat, and that's how I am providing. That we, we need to actually act, but what we do is we leave our anxiety with him. We leave our anxiety with him. We leave our burden with him. We leave the weight with him. That's what casting means. Casting means we leave that with God. God. We say, your will be done. But here's the question. Why should we do that to God? I mean, why why should we do that to God? Why should we go to God and cast our anxieties upon him? Why, Why is that something that we should do? Because here's what sometimes we say as Christians to one another. We say things like, hey, just trust God. Just trust God. And the Bible never says that, just so you know. The Bible never uses the language of just trust God. Like that's just this easy, super easy thing to do. It always tells us who God is. It never just gives blanket commands that just say do something. It always relates who God is to our lives and therefore why we should trust God. It never says, hey, just trust God. Go cast all your anxieties on him. I mean, if I just told you, hey, cast all your anxieties on Jack, be like, who's Jack? It doesn't matter. Just trust him. Cast your anxieties on him. you be like, well, I'd like to at least know who he is. No, 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 no. Why should I trust? No, he's, he's Jack, okay? Just trust him. That would be stupid, right? And the Bible speaks the same way. It tells us, cast all your anxieties on him. Trust him, because here's who he is. And Peter tells us who he is. Peter says that God is powerful. That God is mighty. And here's, here's the language he uses. He, he talks about hands. And he says that our abilities and our strengths and the things that we count on, that, that's symbolized with our hands, right? I mean, what we get done, what we do is with our hands. And that when we're anxious, it's counting on our abilities. And sometimes they feel like this, though, right? Our hands don't feel super sturdy. We get anxious because we're not sure our hands actually have what it takes. Can it pick it up? Nope, it can't do it, Right? That our hands just kind of feel floppy and weak. That's, that's what the anxiety is like. Anxiety is like we look to ourselves and say, can my hand do it? Can my hand pull it off? And it, does, it just seems a little limp. And Peter says, God's hand is different. Let me, let me show you what God's hand is like. Give me a second here. Here's what God's hand is like. Okay. Whoa. Here's what God's hand is like. And I know that's a little cheesy and a little funny, but I want it, I want it to stick in your mind, okay? So here's our hand, and here's God's hand. This is a, a life-size replica. He actually, no, I'm just kidding. It's to just, it's just scale. This is what God's hand is like. Everyone's got their cameras now. It's like, look at that giant hand. We'll have a raffle for this tonight, and uh, Rebecca made this. You can give her props. Um, This is what God's hand is like. And I I wanted to make it, I actually told Sarah, my wife, I said, I want to make it so big it's laughable. Like, you know, I thought about just getting like one of those foam finger things, but I want to get it so big that it's it's just kind of funny. Because God's hand is just, it's ridiculously bigger than our hand is. But what Peter says is we should trust God because he has a mighty hand. We should trust God because he has a mighty hand. Let me, I can't preach the whole rest of the sermon with this, so let me just put this down for a minute. All right, there we go. <clears throat> Peter says, look, look to God, his ability, his strength. Not our ability, not our strength, but look to God and his strength, his power. See, in the Bible, God's hand... It always represents his will to get something done, his will to accomplish what he's going to accomplish. Nothing can stand in his way when he chooses to do something. Nothing. That he has a mighty hand and nothing can stand in his way when he chooses to do something. Nothing. See, we get anxious because we want to do something, we want to make something happen, but we're not sure we can actually pull it off. That never happens with God. His hand never trembles in, in anxiety and in fear. His hand is never worried if it can actually, his hand is mighty. So the Bible says we should trust God because of who he is, that he has a mighty hand. He has a mighty hand. See, anxiety comes if we look at our power and our abilities and our wisdom or if we don't believe that God's hand is mighty, if you believe he's weak, if you believe he can't pull it off. But that's not the only piece of it. See, let's just say you go, okay, sure, God's got a mighty hand. He's all powerful. He's all strong. He can do anything he wants to do, but how do I know he's going to use that for me? I mean, how do I know that God will use his might and his power and his will for me? I mean, how do I know that He's not just really powerful. So what? How do I know he'll actually use it for me? And what Peter says is that he cares for you. He says that humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So all of his might is not just might, but might with care. And here's the truth. I don't know what will happen. I've already said this, but I want to make it really clear. Because here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying stop trusting in your ability and instead trust in God's ability. Stop trusting in your ability to get rich. Trust in God's ability to make you rich. Stop trusting in your ability to get a spouse. Trust in God's ability to give you a spouse. That's not quite what it is. It's that God has all might and he cares for you. And so he will give you good. I don't know what that's going to be. And it doesn't say here he's going to give us our wildest dreams and he's going to give us whatever we want. It says he is mighty and he cares. But, I mean, if we really believe that, that's enough. I mean, if we really believe that he is mighty and can accomplish anything and he is filled with care, then we know whatever comes from his hand is for our good and that he loves us, even if it's not the thing that we would want. It doesn't mean we can't ask him for what we want, okay? It doesn't mean our lips are silenced, but it does mean that we leave with him and say, your will be done. Here's what I would like, God. Here's what I want, God, but your will be done. And I know that I can trust you because you are both mighty and you care for me. We know he'll give us good. See, anxiety is pride because it's trusting in ourselves, to provide ourselves with what we most want. We believe, I know what's best for me. And Peter says, no, God knows what's best for you. I've got the ability. No, God has the ability. See, both those truths of where anxiety comes from, both that we believe, we know, that we're the one looking out for, I mean, don't don't you think that you are the number one person looking out for you? I do. I think I'm the number one person looking out for me. And so whatever I want must be good because I'm looking out for me. But that's not true. God is the one that cares for me the most, more than I care for me. I think I've got the ability to bring about what I need to in my life. But God's got the ability to bring about what I need in my life. What's best for me, because he cares more for me than I care for me. This is what Peter is drawing our mind to. And I don't want this to be theoretical for you. I want you to hear this as his word to you right now, tonight, with whatever you wrote down on your card and whatever you put on the screen. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Because he's mighty. It might not be what you want, but can you trust that he's mighty and he cares and so it'll be for your good? Don't let this be theory. What's on your card? Do you believe with what's on your card he cares for you see it can feel safe to hold on to it ourself and not to give it to him it can feel safe because we think we care we think we're better but peter says give it to him give it to him and say your will be done let me ask you this if you believed in this kind of god you think you'd have peace if you believed that this is who God was, do you think you'd have peace? I mean, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, if you believe in this God, do you think that that would give you peace? Man, it would. It would give you peace in the middle of a moment when you're anxious, on that drive, or in that hallway, or about to enter into that conversation, or when that email comes, or when that text comes. It would give you peace, if you believed it in that moment, and as just a more enduring life pattern, if you're someone that is just kind of always anxious, if you believe in this God, you'd have peace. A God that is both mighty and caring. I mean, great truths, right? Mighty and caring. Not just some all-powerful being in the sky, and not just some nice, fluffy Santa Claus, but almighty And caring. And here's what I want you to think about. What would would you do? What could you do if you weren't anxious? Anxiety holds us back from so much. It holds us back from doing the right thing. Because what would happen if I, what would they think if I said that? What would they do if I did that? It holds us back from taking risks that we should take. I can tell you this, all the best things in my life have happened in moments where I trusted God and was able to get through my anxiety. To come out here to start this church, to marry my wife, to all, I mean, all sorts of different things in my life I was anxious about. And it's when I was able to trust God, the best things in my life, the biggest times that I've grown, you would probably say the same thing. Times that you grew the most or the best things happened in your life, They came after you were feeling anxious, but you, ah, you did it anyway. Man, what what could you do, what would you do if you were not anxious? You would be free to love people and serve people and help people and give to people and take risks and to sacrifice because you'd have nothing to lose, right? I mean, we're anxious because we're afraid we won't get something or we'll lose something, but man, if there was no anxiety, you would just do what is right, what is loving all the time because there's nothing to lose. You're not afraid of anything. Ah, That seems too lofty. That's impossible. It is unless you believe in this God. It is unless you believe in a God that absolutely cares for you and is after your good and is using his might and his strength for you. Last thing, how do we know that he cares for us? As Peter says, that he's mighty, but he's not just mighty. He's mighty and he cares for you. But how do we know he cares for us? How do we know that this mighty God, this caring God, cares for us? How do we know that? And here's how I showed you God's hand, but here's another picture of God's hand. See, we know that God uses his mighty hand to care for us because once. He let his mighty hands become weak for us. See, we know that God uses all of his might in his hands for our good because once he let his hands, of all, that, all those might in his hands, he let them become weak. And he went to the cross to die for us and have nails go through those hands. How can you know that God cares for you How can he know that he uses his might and his care for someone like you? Because on the cross, he died for sinners. He died for people that are unworthy. This is what is different about Christianity than everything else. Everything else says be good, do good, try hard. Then maybe God will accept you. Then maybe he'll love you. Then maybe he'll care for you. Christianity says that our God went to the cross for people that were against him that ignored him, rejected him, dismissed him, lived their lives apart from him, proud and arrogant. And that God used his might to actually become weak. That's how we know he cares for us. What are you anxious about? Cast those before God that gave himself to you. That gave himself to you, to us, as sinners that are unworthy. And the gospel is the good news that Jesus went to the cross for you and for me for our sins to bring us life with him, to have peace with him. And here's what I want you to do. If you're a Christian, we take communion to remember this, that God used his might and his care on our behalf on the cross. And what I want you to do is to bring your card up here And just set it down next to the candle as a symbol, as an act to say, God, I'm casting these anxieties before you because because you gave yourself to me. Because you showed that your power, your might, and your care was expressed on the cross for me. And if you're not a Christian, let this tonight be your first act of giving your sin to Jesus, of giving your guilt to Jesus of giving all that you carry, and asking Jesus to save you. To give you not just peace emotionally in a moment of anxiety, but peace eternally with knowing Him. And then take communion for the first time, if you've put your trust in Jesus for your salvation. And then we receive tithes and offerings. And if you're not a Christian, please don't give, but for those of us that have been saved by Jesus, that call Him our Savior, our Father, we give as an act of worship. And then we sing songs as an act of worship to say this is a God that is mighty, that cares for me, that loves me, and I rejoice and I sing. Let me pray for it. God, I thank you for your love. Thank you for your might, that you are powerful. You are more powerful than we are. Your abilities are greater than our abilities are. Your strength is greater than our strength. Your wisdom is greater than our wisdom. And your desire for our good is greater than our desire for our good. God, you love us more than we know. And you are much stronger than we know. And I pray, God, for my brothers and sisters in this room tonight that are anxious about things in their life. Whatever that might be, money obviously is a big one that people threw out there. God, I pray that people would see your might and your care and trust that you are good. Lord, let us leave our anxieties with you. Let us confess and repent of building our worth and our value and loving other things more than we love you such that because it's unstable, we're anxious, we'll lose it. God, forgive us for that. And let us build our worth and our value and our identity and our ultimate satisfaction in life in you. I pray this, Lord Jesus, in your name.